You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's Tic Tac Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watchers. Watching, go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. It is a Tic Tac Tuesday here on the Locked On Titans podcast. And if you are new here, that means that it is time for this week's Tic Tac Four Pack. Today we are going to step in the film room and I am going to break down from an X's and O's perspective the four most impactful plays that resulted in a Titans victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I have two plays on offense. Two plays on defense, and I think these four plays do a great job of telling you exactly how the Titans beat the Jags on Sunday. I think a lot of what they did throughout the day schematically is represented in this week's four plays. So excited to dive into that with you guys. Remember, the visual film breakdown that goes along with this audio breakdown for the Tic Tac four pack will be posted on Tuesday on my Twitter account at Tic Tac Titan. So if you're listening to the show, make sure you go follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titan so you do not miss the visual breakdown that goes along with this audio tick tack four pack. So excited to step into the film room with you guys. Before we do, I do want to go over some interesting data points from the win over the Jags. We're going to take a look at snap counts on offense and defense as I saw some interesting things there that I want to bring to you guys. Also take a look at some player grades coming out of the win, both good and bad on offense and defense as it gives us a little bit more of a window into the individual performances for all of these different players. So a Tic Tac Tuesday here on the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it! The Titans turned in a stellar and complete performance on Sunday, but let's dive into some data points and take a look at some interesting things that came out of that game in terms of the snap counts on offense and defense, and of course, player grades per pro football focus. So first, let's take a look at the snap counts in this game, and what was most interesting on the offensive side of the ball was the usage of the tight ends. The Titans were very tight end heavy in this game, even more tight end heavy than they typically are in terms of how they use multiple tight ends within their offense. So it's obvious that the Titans really wanted to go heavy personnel in this game. And the other side of that though is, and where it gets interesting, is it's not just about heavy personnel. It is a clear, clear spotlight put on the tight end position because the Titans, while going heavy over and over and over again in this game, did not use a lot of Kari Blossom game, who is a fullback who only got nine snaps in this game. And then Anthony Ferkser, who is the pass-catching tight end, only got 16 snaps in this game. So the Titans wanted to run the ball, or at the minimum, they wanted to show run and show heavy personnel with a heavy dose of Jonu Smith, Michael Pruitt, and Jeff Swaim. Jonu Smith got 41 snaps, Pruitt got 34, the second most snaps for any tight end, that's 
pretty interesting there as Pruitt is still returning off a knee injury from earlier in the year. And then Jeff Swaim at 33 snaps. So the tight ends got a bulk of the work in this game and they were fantastic as well. So the Titans game plan was to be very heavy on offense and it worked. As for the player grades on the offensive side of the ball, there is no surprise who is the highest graded offensive Titan in this game per pro football focus. And it is King Henry, Derrick Henry, who not only had the best player grade of the day for the Titans, but also had the best player grade of any running back in any game this season with a 92.7 grade. So a fantastic day from Derrick Henry to the eye test and per the analytics. Number two for the Titans offense was A.J. Brown, who was magnificent as well in this game, going over 100 yards and scoring a touchdown. He had a 92.1 overall grade. Then Ryan Tannehill at number three. The Titans' three offensive stars shining bright in this game. A 91.3 grade for Ryan Tannehill. But number four is the big surprise and it is someone who I have been pumping up over the last 24 hours and that is tight end Jeff Swaim. Swaim had a 91 overall grade. A 90.3 grade in the passing game. That's him going out for routes. Had a 73.7 in pass blocking and a 76 in run blocking. Just a magnificent day from Jeff Swaim who got my offensive game ball for his performance in this game. So Swaim was absolutely fantastic and the player grades now back that up. So he really took advantage of his 33 snaps and continues to prove to be a very valuable addition to this Titans team from earlier in the season. Also, some other player grades that really stood out in this game. Some of the offensive linemen really struggled including David Questenberry, who had a 25.2. Remember, these grades are out of 100. Had a 25.2 pass blocking grade. Had a 50.4 overall grade on the day. Roger Saffold also struggled in pass blocking. Had a 41.3 pass blocking grade. Nate Davis also struggled throughout the day. A 51.2 overall grade. But the Titans were buoyed by Dennis Kelly and Ben Jones, who both had solid days. Ben Jones was the fifth highest ranked Tennessee Titan with a 72.3 overall grade, an 81.5 in pass blocking, and a 69 in run blocking. On the defensive side of the ball, what really stood out in terms of the snap counts was David Long, who played 100% of the defensive snaps for the Tennessee Titans, played 71 on the day, despite the fact that David Long was one of the worst Tennessee Titans players on the day per pro football focus. Uh, He gave up six catches on six targets for 56 yards. As for his player grades in this matchup, David Long had a putrid 48.2 overall defensive grade. He was terrible across the board, 53 in run defense, 53.8 in pass rush, 50.7 in pass coverage. So for how much he played, David Long didn't necessarily play that well. But with the green dot on his helmet, meaning meaning he's the one who is making the defensive play calls, it seems that it's necessary that the Titans have him out there. Amani Hooker, who also struggled per his player grades in this matchup, played 71 snaps, so 100%. And then Kevin Byard and Malcolm Butler also played 100% of the snaps. But we saw a really intense rotation on the defensive line here. No one player got a big chunk of snaps outside of Jeffrey Simmons. And even Jeffrey Simmons only had 51 snaps 
on the day. Daquan Jones had 37. Jack Crawford, who had a fantastic day for the Titans and run defense, had 36 snaps on the day. Matt Dickerson had 24. Murchison had 21. So the Titans made it a point in this game to make sure that they rotated the defensive line often and obviously getting out to an early lead allows the Titans to feel more comfortable with their backups in the game and giving their starters a little bit of a rest throughout the second half. But as for the player grades on defense, Rashawn Evans, fantastic day, his best performance of the season, specifically in coverage, where he had an 87.5 grade, he had a 78.4 overall, 79.4 in tackling, so Rashawn Evans really made an impact for the Titans in this game, and he only had 53 snaps, so about 18 less than what we saw as the total snap count for the Titans defense, maybe rotating Rashawn Evans out a little bit more will allow him to play a little bit better in the snaps that he is on the field. Malcolm Butler, the second highest defensive grade, a 77.5, a 78.1 in coverage. Ty Smith, the third best grade, 74.4 and 81.5 in coverage. Ty Smith was excellent on the day, only allowing two catches on five targets for eight yards. Jack Crawford, who I mentioned earlier, a 73.5, the fourth highest overall grade on defense for the Titans with an 84.1 in run defense, the highest run defense grade of the day. Daquan Jones, who also was fantastic in run defense, and helped bottled up explosive running back James Robinson had a 71.5 overall grade. Of course, that is the fifth best for the Titans defense. But with that, it is time to step into the film room for this week's Tic Tac Four Pack, where I break down the four most impactful plays from an X's and O's perspective. So excited to jump into that with you guys. Before we get into that, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. When they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. It is time for this week's Tic Tac 4-Pack. So let's step into the film room and break down the four most impactful plays from the Titans win over the Jags from an X's and O's perspective. I spent a lot of time watching the film to bring this Tic Tac 4-Pack to you. Remember this, tomorrow is Rewatch Wednesday. So all the film study that I've been doing over the last few days, I am dumping out all of my notes and all of my analysis to you guys in tomorrow. 
tomorrow's show. So make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast. And also make sure you're following me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans so you don't miss the visual breakdown that I will be posting on Tuesday to go along with this audio breakdown in this week's Tic Tac Four pack. So let's dive right in to play number one. And a highlight play for the Titans here. It is A.J. Brown's one-handed touchdown catch on the flea flicker on the first drive of the game. But let me tell you how everything is set up here. So the Titans have just crossed their 40-yard line. So they're about 37 yards away from the end zone. Now, when you cross the 40-yard line, that is often the exact zone where offensive play callers will take a shot to the end zone. Once you get down into the red zone, there's less field to cover. There's less field to worry about. It makes it easier to cover that ground. It makes it harder to score. So a lot of the time, teams will want to take that shot right before they get into the red zone, right when they cross that 40 to give themselves as much open field to do so. So let's dive into how the Titans decided to use their shot play. So the Titans come out here in 11 personnel, one tight end, one running back. They have A.J. Brown and Michael Pruitt on the right-hand side of the formation with Derrick Henry in the background. They have Cam Batson in the slot on the left side and Corey Davis on the outside. But Corey Davis isn't very far to the outside. The Titans are on the right hash mark, but Corey Davis is their most outside player to the left, and he's only about two or three yards from the hashes. So the Titans have a condensed formation here. It's something that they did all day long, no matter whether they were in three wide receiver personnel Two wide receiver personnel. It didn't make a difference. The Titans wanted to condense the formation. It gave them room on the outsides where they tried to attack. So, here's what the Titans were able to do. They used motion from Michael Pruitt going from the right side to the left-hand side. What this does is it identifies what coverage the Jaguars are in. Someone follows Pruitt across the formation, so now Ryan Tannehill knows, oh, they're in man coverage. So that's the first indicator. Step number two, they bring Corey Davis in, who already was very close to the formation, and they bring him in to condense the formation even more, and he ends up inside of Cam Batson. So So what this does is this causes the deep field safety. So the Jags are in a one deep safety look here. So it's like a cover three that they are getting ready to run. It turns into man, but they're in a a cover three shell with just one safety deep, the two corners on the outside, and then eight men in the box. So what happens here when Corey Davis condenses into the formation and is standing right next to Questenberry at left tackle, it means when he releases into his route and goes vertically, that middle field field safety has to stay in the middle of the field because Corey Davis is running through the middle of the field. It doesn't allow him to flow over to A.J. Brown's side. So that's why the alignment and the pre-snap motion was important on this play. Then, once the ball is snapped, the offensive line does a great job of giving Tannehill time. This includes Michael Pruitt and includes Derrick Henry as well. Derrick Henry takes the handoff, tosses it back to Der- or tosses it back to Ryan Tannehill, and then starts to look for work so that he can block. Dennis Kelly on the right-hand side completely pancakes his assignment. So a great job by the Titans giving Ryan Tannehill time to execute this play. And why he needs time is when Ryan Tannehill catches the ball back from Derrick Henry... He is looking to the left-hand side. And again, that is to keep the middle field safety, the deep safety in the middle of the field. That's why Corey Davis moved his alignment. And that's why Ryan Tannehill, when he gets the ball back, is looking to the left-hand side, despite the fact there is no receiver to the left-hand side. 
It buys Tannehill time, and it keeps the safety in the middle of the field. Now, let's talk about A.J. Brown. So, this is a flea flicker, so it's supposed to look like a running play. A.J. Brown comes out about five to seven yards and acts like he's going to block. That's part of his route. But what really gets the job done for A.J. Brown is when he kind of settles down to chop his feet to act like he's going to block, he looks back into the backfield, and this makes the defensive back, the cornerback, feel like, oh, A.J. Brown's looking back at the run. And then the cornerback, this is so good. When A.J. Brown looks back at Tannehill, the cornerback stops looking at A.J. He's in man coverage, guys. He needs to be staring at A.J. Brown the whole time. You never take your eyes off your man and look at the quarterback in man coverage. That's how you get beat. That's a split second that gets you beat. Well, A.J. Brown looks back at Ryan Tannehill, and the cornerback looks back at Ryan Tannehill. And just that split second of hesitation where the cornerback looks back at Ryan Tannehill allows A.J. Brown to then shift up into full speed, sprint down the sideline, and he has about a step and a half a step on the defender. The defender actually commits pass interference. I don't blame the refs for not calling it. It's tough to see, but he hooks A.J. Brown's inside arm, his his left arm. That's why A.J. Brown had to catch it one-handed because the cornerback had a hook on his left arm. So, A.J. Brown does a great job. He creates the separation with that subtle eye fake looking back at the at the backfield, but then he uses his big body like a post-up in basketball, keeps himself in between the sidelines and the cornerback, and that gives him enough room to catch that ball one-handed, and what a miraculous play from A.J. Brown, despite the, back he, uh, despite the fact that he has a few drops. The guy just makes star-studded plays every single week, and I don't see how we can criticize him at this moment in time. Moving into play number two, and this is Derrick Henry's first touchdown on the day, the 39-yard touchdown right before halftime. Of course, the Titans were somehow able to get another field goal on the board due to incredible time management, but this was uh, the really important play here, 36 yards. So once again, in play number two, the Titans come out in a condensed formation. They have Cam Batson as the inside slot, but he's basically right next to Dennis Kelly as the right tackle. They have Corey Davis as the outside right guy, but he's right next to Cam Batson, so basically the entire formation is inside the hash marks at this moment in time. The Titans have Anthony Ferkser on the left-hand side with A.J. Brown, but they motion Ferkser back over to the right-hand side and then motion Corey Davis over to the left-hand side, so what they do is they flip a wide receiver with a tight end, which gives them a better blocking advantage on the right-hand side. Also, and that's Michael Pruitt, not Anthony Ferkser, my mistake, Michael Pruitt. So that flips it, and it gives the Titans more room on the right-hand side as well because a safety is going to come down in the box, and the cornerback is going to flip over to the other side, which gives Derrick Henry more room on the right-hand side. The Titans are on the left hash, so they're trying to create as much room on the right-hand side as possible with a condensed formation. So they do that here. What happens next, though, is an absolute beauty, and it's the play that the Titans beat the Jags over the head with over and over and over again on Sunday, and it is the inside zone. So what the Jags started to do uh, in the second quarter 
is they started going with a pure line of scrimmage defense. They were having everyone, instead of having your first level defenders and your second level defenders, what they were doing is they were having everybody on the line of scrimmage with like one middle linebacker behind them. And the point of that is if you can stop Derrick Henry from getting to the second level, if you can prevent Derrick Henry from getting up to speed and getting those first three steps, then you can kind of hem him in. That's the plan. But the problem there is if Derrick Henry does make it through that first line of defense, there's not enough people in the second and third level to stop him. And that's what happened all day long. The Titans created that condensed formation and they ran inside zone. Derrick Henry had an opportunity to read which way he wanted to go. And here's how it looks. So we have the center, Ben Jones. We have right guard, Nate Davis. We have right tackle, Dennis Kelly. We have Michael Pruitt at tight end. And then we have Cam Batson right next to Michael Pruitt on the line of scrimmage as a wide receiver. The Titans run inside zone and Derrick Henry gives himself time to read which hole he needs to go through with a rocker step in the backfield. Basically, his first step for Derrick Henry is like a jump step. He's in a two-foot or two-footed stance. He jumps into a more athletic two-footed stance. He takes his left foot and he puts it his first step is backwards and then he charges forwards and and that footing, that footwork right there, gives time for the offensive line to start to see where their defenders want to go and continue to wash them. So what happens here is because of that delayed time, during that time where Derrick Henry is doing his footwork, the Jags defenders start to crash down from the perimeter. Well, in an end zone, you basically ride the defender wherever their momentum is already going. So what happens is, is Dennis Kelly, Michael Pruitt, and Cam Batson are on the right-hand side, but their defenders crash in to the middle of the ball, so they just wash their defenders down to the left, which means Derrick Henry has an easy, easy hole to go through. Cam Batson is kicking out, and then Michael Pruitt, Dennis Kelly, wash their defenders down. A big hole for Derrick Henry. He burst through the first line of defense, and then after that, he's one-on-one with Andrew Wingard, a safety for the Jags, who's not one of the more athletic guys in the league, and is Derrick Henry going to beat a safety to the pylon? You know it. Touchdown Titans. They go up in this game 14-3. to That was a big moment for them. And inside zone is what the Titans went to over and over again on Sunday. And it dominated the Jaguars. Let's move into part two of our Tic Tac 4-pack. Breaking down the four most impactful plays from week 14. Before we do though, I want to tell you guys about Built Go. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, breakthrough through it every day with Built Go. Built Go workout gel comes in easy to take 1.5 ounce packages that go easily in your briefcase, your golf bag, or even your pocket. Built Go is like a five hour energy, but without the crash feeling and it's all natural. So it's better for your body. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. The best part is Built Go workout energy gel is combined with collagen protein and collagen protein is fast absorbing, gets to your system quick. It's easy on your stomach and it promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. The stuff literally makes you look better. Plus, it's packed with other goodies like beta alanine, B3, honey, a kick of caffeine, 10,000% of your daily amount of B6 and B12. So visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Once again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go!
Let's get into part two of our Tic Tac four pack for this week. Remember, follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans to check out the visual film breakdown that goes along with this audio breakdown. Before we jump into part two, want to remind you guys that the NBA season is about to kick off. Make sure that you check out the, or I guess I should say tip off for the NBA season, but make sure that you guys tune in to the Locked On NBA show as they do their NBA season preview. Whether you're a fan of any NBA team, it's a great time to get ready for the season. Or if you're a Grizzlies fan, listen to this show. An excellent time to get locked on the NBA season ahead as the Grizzlies do have a young and up-and-coming team led by star Ja Morant. So make sure you check out that NBA season preview on the Locked On Podcast Network. But let's dive into play three. Play number three is the Titans defense. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball here, and it is the Malcolm Butler interception. I want to talk about the coverage concept that the Titans used in this particular example. It was something that is a tad bit foreign to me, I will admit. This is not your typical cover three, cover four, man, under two. This is an augmented zone coverage that the Titans are running here with some match principles. Uh, this is something that was re- is really common for Alabama, Uh, Nick Saban is pretty famous for this sort of defense. So what the Titans are doing here is they're basically running a cover three. They have their two outside cornerbacks who have the deep third. They have the middle safety, which is Kevin Byard in this circumstance, who has the deep third. They have Amani Hooker, who will be your underneath uh, safety, who drops down and is part of the four underneath. So usually in a cover three, you have that two outside corners and then a deep safety covering the thirds of the field, hash mark middle of the field, hash mark to sideline. And then you have four defenders underneath and they're covering hook zones. Sometimes it'll even be two flats and then two over the middle hook zones. But in this scenario, what the Titans did was they had three underneath defenders. Then they had the two corners playing their outside third, deep third, But they did a matchup in the middle with the safeties. So instead of having a traditional single high safety look for cover three, they had a two high safety look. And here's what they did. It's matchup. So the Titans basically decide their assignment during the play. If somebody crosses the middle of the field underneath or in the intermediate range, about 5 to 12 yards, 5 to 15 yards, if a defender crosses the middle of the field from Amani Hooker's side, then Amani Hooker will then slide up and become the fourth hook defender, while Kevin Byard then will slide back and be the deep defender. If someone crosses on Kevin Byard's side, then Kevin Byard steps up and becomes the over-the-middle-of-the-field hook defender in cover three, and then Amani Hooker would slide backwards and take the middle of the field, the deep middle of the field. So the Titans are playing cover three, but who plays the deep middle is decided by the route combination. This is advanced stuff, guys. This is advanced high-level football stuff that you don't see every day. So 
The Titans did this, and unfortunately, like has been the case throughout most of the year, there's a little bit of a communication breakdown, and it's not just because the Titans don't do a good job, but Mike Glennon does a good job here. So Mike Glennon continues staring down the middle of the field and eventually locks eyes on an over-the-field crosser. What gets the Titans is the the Jags run a crosser from the left-hand side with a tight end and from the right-hand side with LaVishka Chenault. So there's two crossers, and Kevin Byard thinks he's supposed to stay with Chenault, who crosses, so he slides up, and Imani Hooker thinks he's supposed to stay with the tight end, so he slides up, so nobody's covering the middle of the field, and the Jags run the perfect play, too. They have a deep post from DJ Chark, who is on the right-hand side of the offensive formation, being guarded by Malcolm Butler. Well, DJ Chark takes that deep post, cuts into the middle of the field. Kevin Byard isn't there because he shot up because of the eye movement of Mike Glennon, but Malcolm Butler, who played a fantastic game saved the day. Malcolm Butler came out of his deep third, came into the middle of the field, followed Shark out of his zone into where Kevin Byard's responsibility is supposed to be, and not only breaks up the pass, but makes an interception. This led to the Titans' final touchdown of the day, and if we look at the comeback attempt that uh, we saw from Garner Minshew, the Titans needed that touchdown. They needed that 31st point, not because the Jags ended up scoring 24 points, but just because that's how momentum works, guys. The, The Jags just scored a touchdown, stopped the Titans on offense, and then get another touchdown? Now it's 31-17 to with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter? I mean, the Jown... The... Or... Half of the, I'm sorry, this happened halfway through the third quarter. So the Jags would have 20 minutes left in the game, only down by two touchdowns after just making up a big deficit and cutting it in half. So this was a big play for the Titans to cut the Jags' momentum, let them know early they're not coming back in this game, and fantastic individual play by Malcolm Butler. Now, play number four I picked because I felt like it, you know, shine a light on how well the Titans played in coverage, and I also think that it effectively ended the game. So there's about 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter right now. The Jags are on the uh, 15-yard line basically driving down. If they get a touchdown here, like I talked about in the previous play, they're only down by Two touchdowns by 14 points with 12 minutes left in the game. The tight or the Jags could absolutely come back on the Titans defense with that much time remaining. But the Titans shut it off here. And and on this fourth down, the Titans do a good job of basically selling out. So the Titans play man coverage with Rashawn Evans on the running back, and then you have Kevin Byard, Amani Hooker, uh, you will have Chris Jackson, and or Ty Smith, and Malcolm Butler on the outside. So the two safeties, the two cornerbacks, and Rashawn Evans have man responsibilities. Everybody else is blitzing on this play, and the Titans do a good job on this play. They stack the defensive line on the left-hand side of the offensive line. So the left tackle, the left guard, and the center have a bunch of people over top of them. There's four Titans on that side of the offensive line. So what that causes is that causes the Jags to slide their protection pre-snap to the left. Well, the Titans do a great job of running a delayed blitz on the opposite side, a corner blitz, 
blitz by Desmond King. So the Titans are bringing six guys on a blitz. They overload one side and then bring a corner blitz off the backside that's delayed. Basically, because the Jags slide their protection to the left away from the slot blitz by Desmond King, the right tackle can't get to Desmond King in time. He puts pressure on Garner Minshew, who throws the ball off his back foot, fading away, and what happens to a quarterback when he throws off his back foot? He'll sail the ball. The ball will go too high. That's just a classic thing that happens when you throw off your back foot. So he sails the pass. It's over the head of LaVishka Chennault, who honestly is being covered very well by Ty Smith. Ty Smith, right when the ball is almost there, starts a little bit of hand fighting with LaVishka Chenault, and it's nothing egregious, it's nothing worth a penalty or a DPI, but that little bit of hand fighting also disrupts the timing, so the pressure on Minshew causes a little bit too high of a throw, the hand fighting from Ty Smith causes a little bit of a delay in the route, LaVishka Chenault can't get to the sideline quick enough to get the pass, fourth down, Titans defense gets off the field, and the game is essentially over. So that's this week's Tic Tac 4-pack, two plays on offense, two plays on defense, that I think not only had the biggest impact on the outcome of the game, but also signified how the Titans were able to be successful against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. Remember, tomorrow is Rewatch Wednesday. I'll be dumping out my notebook even more for you guys on all the things I saw from the coaches' film. So as always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.